now you mentioned the dilution phase. Are you considering like the cash uh, they have on hand and are you using like yeah. a tool like Dilution Tracker? Oh, yeah. I use Dilution this? Tracker. I was like one of their early, early, early like beta testers. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, uh, I'm a huge fan. Yeah. So cash need is always a big thing. Um, cash need. Also, how recent the dilution is. I always tell people like if you have an ATM that's like less than a month old, I think UBX might have been like that. They they might have had an ATM that was like a month or two old at the most, maybe. Um, those could be insane fades because they're they're, they're just looking to take because you know they're interested in using it. That's the thing. If you see warrants or an ATM from one two, especially more than one year ago, and especially like two or more years ago, it's like why haven't they tapped into that? Like they've had high volume days. Um, why haven't I think well. What what ran today? Um, there's a couple. Uh, I mean, the big one. I'm sorry. What let's see what do? Oh, CTMX and ARDX both had. Oh yeah, that's right. Both yeah. had um, <laughs> both had dilution. But it's like for CTMX, I was looking at that. I was like, this thing's like more than a year old or about a year old, but they haven't tapped into it at one dollar at all. Like if you read through the filings, like. And or also dilution track tracker tells you this. It's like they haven't tapped into that at all, even though they've had some volume traded over the past year. It's like, why haven't they tapped into that? Right. So it's like that's a factor of like maybe they're not really looking to use that. Um that being said, I did short it, uh, but it just chopped around it. I I, I broke even on it. It just didn't didn't do anything. Um now ARDX, uh, uh I traded that one, so that's fresh yeah. in my head. That one is probably a good example of that pre-market uh push. On the the phase three news, uh, they yeah. had like a, a FDA an FDA released yeah, thing but, it's, but it's not confirmed yet, and like there was some right. bearish reports, so it was a mix, a mixed bag, and also the float is giant. Yeah. Last year the float was like half. They need yeah. some cash, and then you right. see it pop up in the pre market. It was up already like seventy yeah. percent, and then they have some dilution, I believe, and it just like soon as that nine a.m. happened, just like you mentioned, or. Close well, that it. one, right. That one was just an immediately, and we can talk about um, pre-market action can tell you a lot about what's going to happen at market open. Not all the time, but sometimes it gives some big, big keys about, there's certain patterns that I'll straight up trade just based on what happened in the pre-market. Um, ADRX, I thought would be really choppy because even though they did have that dilution um, and, the, and the float was really thick, the institutional ownership was quite high. So I thought, I'm like, man, this thing might just, like I thought it might get, I was like, oh man, okay, if it pushes, I'll think about shorting it if it pushes, but if it pulls back, I, I thought it would find support after maybe a 10% pullback and then push back up. So I was like, oh, I'll just kind of avoid it. So I actually missed that whole morning. <laughs> Sadly missed that whole morning fade. Um, it's one of those things where I, I was kind of too long bias and uh, um, I just, sometimes you're long bias and it doesn't do the thing. And uh, I thought, you know, it's kind of gapping up above all of its levels for the past year and yeah. high IO and um, it had that big day like two days ago and maybe there's some swing shorts that are a little bit trapped and they want to get out. I'm like, oh, maybe it'll give at least some push, like some type of push, but it went straight down. Um, interestingly enough, they did a very, uh, I always recommend people record their screens, um, record their tape and record their charts. Um, I actually use, I, I review my recordings more than I actually review charts. Um, you know, I do, I still record all my charts. Um, but they did a very like interesting level two trick that um, in level two and tape reading is one of those things where 
it's noise 99% of the time until it's not, right? <laughs> there's, there's times where it's not noise, uh, but most of the time it is. And then, you know, that's where, um, you know, your, your, your skill level and experience comes into play, but ARDX and market open, it had that big dump and then it got down to 1.8. And then somebody, and if you, if you look at the tape, somebody was refreshing the bid on 1.8, um, really heavy really really heavy and that's why i thought it was going to push because somebody I absorbed like a million shares like it was an in, like a common trick is to let the bid get all the way down to zero so there'll be like 200k on the bid it'll get completely even it'll go down to zero and then refresh back up to 200k so an instant refresh so it, it like tricks people into thinking it's about to break support but then a, you know another fat bid comes in another fat bid comes in and then it push i was like oh cool maybe it might push to two and I'll short kind of like a $2 clear out. Maybe I'll just want to clear out $2 in VWAP and slam back down. I was like, oh, maybe that'll happen. So I was interested if that happened. But it ended up just denying, um, just giving a, a, a weak bounce. It denied the MAs. Uh, it was following the five minute nine. So I use moving averages a lot in terms of just like, usually not in terms of entries, but in terms of just analyzing a trend. Um, there's a few setups I have that do actually use moving averages as confirmation for shorting, but most of the time I just use it as a um, a guideline, right? It's a guide that tells me where the stock is moving. I also use it, it's really good for profit taking. Um, but uh, yeah, it bounced into one of the MAs and then it rolled back down to 1.8. And I'm like, man, maybe I should short this. Like, like so many people, so many longs went long based on that soak in that push, like if it comes back down and cracks 1.8, it, it might just keep going down. And it did, um, but I don't know. Uh, I was just, it's sometimes it's hard to get out of that long bias in your head. Like, oh, maybe I'll just wait for another push. And then the, the thing you thought might happen does happen. And you're just like, well, what can I, what can I do? Uh, I can't do anything. <laughs> but I did, I did, I did end up shorting a, uh, it gave a pretty clean, what I call a floor wash. Um, what people might just call like a support crack. Um, uh, at 108, I actually shorted it exactly at 108, and it broke a really fat 182 bid uh, that was holding it up for about 20 minutes. Um, classic floor, floor wash pattern. Uh, that trade matrix is the one who talks about that one a lot. Um, shorted that, went down like 10 cents, came back up, and then uh, made a little, made a tiny bit of money on it. So, um, but with that, with the high IO, I thought that the odds of this going super far down especially on a bounce like that like it's not high um it, it, fundamentals can give you some keys of like what is possible in terms of fade potential right um so like high io is, is sometimes you, you you get beautiful short patterns uh beautiful clear outs and all this type of stuff and fade potential is maybe eight to ten percent and that's it and then it just soaks super heavy comes back up um and if you're just treating all stocks the same uh you know you can have a four million four dollar stock with a 50 percent io with a hundred million float and that's different than a four dollar stock with a 10 million float and zero percent institution ownership those are going to act differently right so um i do, i took profits on that decently fast because i thought it, it wouldn't go and it didn't go that far down either so um yeah that's an example from today of how kind of i view the market how i trade